Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is Sunday, February 19th. I got it right this time. <laughs> Yay! Right? <laughs> <laughs> We are going to continue on, press on with this Avengers Forever, the first volume. We've got issues 7 through 12. This will finish it up. And I'm glad, honestly, I'm glad we split it up this way. I'm honestly really glad we split it up this way. I think it makes it way more easier to talk about. And my reading this time around, for me, was more palatable, yeah. honestly. So let's go around and just these last six issues. Y'all's whelming on this. On just the last six issues? I'm still like on the teetering between whelmed to pleasantly whelmed. Just really I mean, it's still so yeah. I mean it was it was better than the first six. I will say like I'm more into the pleasantly whelmed. I mean it's still like so much happening that I had no idea what was going on in some things and just I feel like if I had more background to go like to build off of before reading this, it, it would have helped a little bit, I think. Like as far as other comics that I've read and things like that have have more more long lines, but I did I I enjoyed it much better than the first six, the first half. Cool. What about you, Richard? Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly wound. So last week, I kind of just issue per issue would be pleasantly, underly, pleasantly, underly. But yeah, this second half, uh, palatable is a great word for the second half. <laughs> it's so much better than the first half, honestly. We'll get into it, but this should have been maybe six issues total for the story. It would have been way better. I love, well, once again, when we get into it, the issue where it basically tells the origin of Kang. Yeah. I will yes. forever, never read that issue. I will forever, if anybody ever wants to know about Kang, I'll go, see this issue. That's all you need to know about him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was yes. that was my, my big hitter, too. I, I was going to mention it, but yeah. Learning about that part was, I think, was really cool, and I'm. It puts a whole new perspective on him for me than whenever you first see him, like in Loki, and then of course whenever he's in here in, in Ant Man and all that kind of stuff. Like knowing that background, I, it puts a whole him in a whole new light. Yeah, I think it. You know, Richard had said something before we even got on, but like I was seeing it too. There's a lot of things in this story. That I'm almost like, did Kevin Feige and them read this beforehand? And that's yeah. kind of like how we finished up the uh, Infinity Saga and then start into this whole multiversal saga because of the story. We'll get into it more later as we go you know, through the issues and stuff like that. But to me, this was way more palatable. Even, it, even though it was still wordy, it was not as cheesy, I didn't think. There were some issues that I still think could have been just gotten rid of, like issue eight, if I'm not mistaken, is like all with the space phantom and him telling his yeah. background of like things that he's seen and why he doesn't like Immortus or Kane anymore and all. And I'm like, okay, I don't give a shit about you, bro. I need you gone. Yeah. <laughs> but I was pleasantly, I wasn't, I was whelmed. I was whelmed with this. There, like I said, there were still issues that I didn't like. And I totally agree with you, Richard, that six issues, this, this could have been done. Six issues. Fuck that Western shit. Fuck that old timey bullshit. Like, fuck all that other just fillers. That's all it was was filler. Yeah. That's all it was was filler. Absolutely. So, and you ain't even got to go as hard as you did on Rick Jones 
on this either. Like, just make it noticeable that like he's going to play a key part later on, and then be done with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. quit giving him his Opie Taylor lines and bullshit. Like, just <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> cheesy. He's so corny. Yeah, eliminate Rick Jones. Make it six issues. If anything, the the going the the Nixon story, the Western, all that should have just been one single solitary issue. Don't continue it on into multiple issues because all we really needed to know from those issues is that Kang, not Kang, Immortus, I'm going to do that all throughout this episode. (laughs) Immortus was just pruning, using the Forever Crystal to prune those timelines. Yeah. So, like, that's all we needed to know. But this second half, it, it flows way better. Yes. Last two issues are like just the the ultimatum of it all and the, the mm-hmm. conclusion of it. So I like that. Like you said, there's an issue where you get the origin of Kang, and that's absolutely everything that you need to know. Like it's just that origin story of Kang. And I thought that was a really good issue. In fact, my notes say uh it's issue number nine. And it says favorite issue, origin of Kang. Like that is my yeah. favorite issue above all in this entire run right here is that ninth issue. Yeah. All right. I, I've made notes on like each individual book. And so I'll just kind of go to those and like just hit things up as we get to them. So seven was like where they sit there and raid Immortus's castle, which I thought was kind of dumb. And I was like, why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> but in this, we see like they starts off and they're talking about these bracelets to be able to get through time and stuff like that. And I'm like, is this where Feige got that? Like, is that where this whole them having bracelets to go through time in yeah. uh, in game? Is that where this came from? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I had the same exact, like there's so many, like we'll keep saying that, but there's so many little things that happen that you're like, we've seen this already. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yeah, the, the, the bracelets, the, when the Avengers in, in game go through time, it's very much the same. It's very interesting. Yeah, they're, they're beacons to be able to pull them back out from wherever they are, yeah. or from Immortus's, you know, castle or whatever, mm-hmm. to bring them back to the pyramid. So, yeah, I thought that was... I was like, wait a second, that's total in-game shit right there. And like, <laughs> and my other note, I only had two notes for this issue. My other note is, what the fuck is Hawkeye wearing? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's supposed to be his... Isn't that his giant man outfit? All I know is that it looks like he's wearing a red dicky that goes all the way to his shoulders and like he doesn't have nipples. That's the only thing that I know is because and I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing, bro? Like, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be his his giant man outfit because his giant man is like a red and then it's just flesh and then he's got like weird suspenders. We'll see a version of it later. Like when they summon all the Avengers, he's in the background. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I had a note. Once again, I think we'll see something like this. I have not. Quantumanium has come out this week. I haven't had a chance to see it yet. So I'll probably be wrong, but who knows. When they are flying through on a stingray that's made of songbirds, like sonic power or whatever, Okay. We see that in the Quantum Mania trailer where they're flying on a stingray uh, <laughs> and they see some kind of flashback images. Supposedly, I've read leaks that Quantum Mania has some sort of visions of like the past and the future that you can like travel to. So you see like flashes of images. I've heard that too. So I'm wondering, I, ha- I haven't seen the movie yet. I'd, so I don't know if those leaks are true or not, but 
it looks like this is another element that maybe Feige pulled from this book or whoever. It's very interesting. Right. Jeremy, did you get a chance to see the movie? No, I haven't. I haven't yet. Okay. I think you were the only one that was a maybe that was going to be able to see it in time. So that's why I wanted to ask. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I hadn't, hadn't seen it yet. But I was going to say like on this issue to me too, kind of highlighted of how messed up time travel can like it can mess with your brain <laughs> yeah and like what the heck is happening like whenever they were in doing that time travel and they were in their own kind of area and trying to understand what was what's real and what's not real like it just kind of really re-emphasized to me just don't don't mess with time travel just leave it alone like we this is not a good idea because it's just so many things that trying to figure it out and i was even trying to read it trying to keep up with it and everything I was like, man, that's uh, some messed up stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you not watch enough Doctor Who to like get you prepared for <laughs> well, this? <laughs> yeah, I did watch that. Like, so yeah, I, I knew. But it just like to me, it, it really reemphasized just how how messed up your brain can get in trying to follow all this stuff. You know, you mentioned Doctor Who, and I forgot to mention this last week, but when I when I was going off on like my, my tangent of this just being crazy bullshit they're flying through time in a sphinx. I just want to play. <laughs> they're in a fucking sphinx <laughs> from like the Egyptian era because it's like Ramatut's time travel, but it's so ridiculous. And it's like, they're not even like fly. Like, I, I think there's some shots of it and it's like upside down or something. <laughs> it's so ridiculous looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Issue eight, it has a history of Immortus and it was from the, 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 space phantoms perspective because Hawkeye stole a stick that was apparently a space phantom. I did not give a fuck about this issue at all. Like yeah. I got so tired of it. I got tired of him calling wasp woman or no female. He didn't even call him a woman. Yeah. He called her female. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm so fucking tired of this. Just so yeah. fucking tired of it. Yeah. The only thing that I liked about it was this had a lot of things that we've seen before again. Apparently, they established that people in limbo turn into space phantoms. So I was wondering, is this where they got the idea for the TVA and the variants? So in one of the books, and I can't remember which one. Maybe it was the origin of Cain. Yeah. They talk about the TVA. Yeah. Yeah. It's the next issue. But they also talk about like other things outside of the TVA. So it's like it's not just the TVA. It's all these other things, too. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The other thing that he mentions is stuff we've seen in WandaVision. Mm. Like, there's the whole, they don't want Wanda's kids to be born because Wanda is a Nexus being and they split up or they try, like, Wanda was not supposed to have kids so they set her up with Vision because Vision can't have kids but because Wanda's magical uh, reality-altering powers, she has kids but then they're like, they undo that and then they try to, through machinations of Immortus, destroy Vision and have him rebuilt as White Vision. And we've seen that in WandaVision. Like, yeah. there's a lot of crap that's lining up that I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah this totally might have been like a really good pick. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. in, in the, looking at the back end of this, like, this might have been a really, really good pick that nobody, I don't think, has seen. I've not seen anybody talk anything about this, this series, these books, or anything like that. Even like the, with the next issue being the origin of Kang, like not a lot of people are talking about that book either. 
Mm-hmm. And like, I'm gonna be honest with you, like it's so good and stuff like that. Anytime I see this book out and about, I'm gonna pick it up, especially if it's a good price. Yeah. Like I will have multiple copies of this book. Yeah. There's also some really, honestly, as a collector, there's some really cool covers in each one of these. Yeah. <laughs> Later on when we get to it, I think it's issue 10, I made a comment about the, the cover of that book. <laughs> the, the last thing on issue eight is there's a line uttered by Hawkeye where he's like, does anyone stay dead anymore? And my note for that was just, no, Hawkeye, they don't. <laughs> That's great. You know, we've kind of gushed over issue nine a good bit. That's the origin of Kang. I can't say enough how much I love that issue. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think it's going to be, I think it's a great overlooked book, honestly. Like, I think this should be a book that a lot of people are looked to. I mean, if you're looking for something for Kang, I'm 100% with Richard. Like, go find this issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just this one issue. You don't need the rest of this. Just this one issue, and you will know everything you need to know about Kang, and it will make sense too. The only thing it doesn't do is like other forms of Kang that have come, and you know, like Victor Timely and the Red Centurion and things like that. Like, there's other variants of Kang that have come through, but Kang and Immortus and Ramatut are like the most popular of the versions of him. That was going to be my two big things that. I was going to say about this issue was just one is learning that Kang is, I mean, he's not, doesn't have any special powers or anything. He's just human. And he was from way in the future and just had this like hyper advanced technology to be able to work with. And he, you know, had found that stuff to be able to create the time travel and all that. But then basically he was the one responsible for creating all the different timelines pretty much. Like this is what I gathered from it. And uh, just seeing how all that started splitting out and he was talking about how he saw multiple versions of himself and, you know, making different decisions. And of course, it was all based off of trying to save his his love or whatever. Uh, I forget how to say her name, but Ravana. Yeah. Which, uh, it was like, so it was pretty <laughs> cool seeing all that. And also at the same time, again, and him talking about it and just trying to figure out if he was like the real himself <laughs> he had said in there like making sure that it was it was the real me talking basically yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah i see what you're saying ravana like that's probably to me because you know we've got ravana in the mcu she was part of the tva and loki she's the black lady that was i guess head yeah of tva or whatever she was pruning folks left and right <laughs> I, i'm curious to see how that like love interest pans out with kang because we didn't get that at all with Thanos. Yeah. And like there was a love relationship with him and death in the comic books and we didn't get that at all. And so I kind of wonder like, is that because they were saving a love story for Kane? Yeah, maybe. The love story with Thanos and death is way more interesting than Ravana and Kang. <laughs> so that's so lame if that's the case. That'll irritate me if that's the case. If it ever comes out that they did that. <laughs> I feel like it would be like more relatable and not as yeah. like creepy weird. Yeah, but I love, I don't know. I love the silliness of like Thanos like wants to wife death and death rejects him, like friend zones him. So Thanos makes a like girl version of Thanos to like make her jealous. <laughs> like, I don't think they should put that in the movies, but like there's just way more interesting things that happen in the comics with that than Ravana. And, and Kang, but that's that's just me. Uh, I've always summed up when Jeremy was talking about like learning who Kang was, I've always summed up with Kang is he's just a really smart asshole 
who learned how to time travel. <laughs> 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 because he's uh, a descendant of Reed Richards. He got bored of his... You read it. Like, he got bored of his time, went to the past, got foiled by the Fantastic Four, tried to go back to his time, overshot it, became Kang the Conqueror there, then decided to conquer all of time, and then eventually he'll become Immortus. And... Yeah, the the what is it? The Scarlet Centurion or whatever. What's what's he called? I forget that version of him. Yeah, I think it's Scarlet Centurion. Yeah, it's so silly. I like Kang for the time travel aspect, but a lot of the times he's kind of a pompous dick. Uh, <laughs> the one thing though I want so bad in the MCU is Kang has uh, Nick Fury does this as well, and they did it in the first Avengers with Coulson with the big ray gun when he shoots Loki and he's like, I don't even know what this does. But I want Kang to have the big fucking like Looney Tune guns, like the mask <laughs> kind of guns. Oh, yeah. Like, I love that about Kang where he's just like, oh, I'm going to blast people. And he's like, choom, choom, choom. <laughs> and he's just got these enormous guns. I really hope we see some form of that in the movies. Yeah, especially because the the trailers and stuff like that for Ant-Man, it looks like he has almost like quantum wave coming out of his hands yeah. or some shit like that. Like, I don't know, it kind of makes him look mystical and stuff like that. And I don't know that mm-hmm. I want that. I like your idea of like, he's just a guy and he learned how to time travel because he comes from a breed of people that are extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. So he's like a mixture of, of Doom and Reed, honestly, is what it seems like. Well, that's the thing. So that's the thing I didn't know because I've always heard that Kang is from Reed Richards' bloodline. Yes. So I looked it up when I read that when he was like, supposedly he's from Doom as well. And there's nothing that really confirms it. It just says allegedly. Yeah. Like all the wikis out there. So I don't know if maybe, maybe Doom's descendant and Reed's descendant at some point like Boink. got it on and maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, like, because his name is Nathaniel Richards. Yeah, which is, I think, the name of Reed Richards' father, if I'm not mistaken. Father or grandfather? It may be grandfather. I can't remember. Yeah. It's It's another name of one of the Richards. It's so fucked up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that's like, and and then all the Kings come from him. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like. Where'd this whole Doom thing come from? Like, I, I it, it just, it baffled me. Because I was like, I, I didn't know this. I, I need to know more. But apparently there is nothing more to know other than, <laughs> you know, Doom's granddaughter and Reed's grandson boinked at one time. And, yep. <laughs> you know, now we have <laughs> mixed blood. That's so funny if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on to issue 10. Wait, wait, wait sorry. It was just. There was some more exposition dump that plays into a couple things. They were trying to find who the Celestial Madonna is, and they mentioned Scarlet Witch, Mantis, who ends up being the Celestial Madonna, and then Agatha Harkness. So there's been leaks about what's going to happen with Agatha Harkness and stuff like that. I'm kind of wondering if we'll see something like that in this show. I'm so glad you brought that up because I honestly forgot about it when I was sitting there flipping through trying to do make my notes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is that why we have the like, uh, I don't even, I can't even think of the word up for it, but is that why Mantis is that like, is that why we got the Christmas special to make sure that we know that Mantis has celestial blood? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that being an ulterior, uh, ulterior motive. Here it is. Yes, look at you. <laughs> Congratulations, word. <laughs> at least you could think of yours. I just completely fucked up on mine. I was like, ah, you know that word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so when I when I saw that, I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, is that why we got the Christmas special? Like, that's kind of lame, honestly. Yeah. But at the same time, like, is that what it's doing is setting up the Celestial Madonna because, you know, she now, like, has ties mm-hmm. to, you know, Ego. So you're probably right. I'm very interested to see where Agatha goes now because I, I got a funny feeling it's going to tie into this Kang stuff somehow. Now that I learned of this, yeah. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, I mean, do you think that would like are we going to end up seeing like Mantis in Agatha's series at all, or just somehow somebody, whether it be Kang or some somebody, talks about the celestial Madonnas or something like that? Maybe I don't know. To be honest with you, I think I think this is a way they're going to bring back Scarlet Witch, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. But we could easily see that, and it's like Victor Timely or something, because I don't know when this takes place in. But uh, it could easily be a version or a variant of Kang. The rumor mill stuff that I keep hearing is that Scarlet Witch will come back in Agatha, mm-hmm. and that they will in- that Agatha will introduce Billy again. Okay, and that he'll become Wiccan, and Wiccan's like super super powerful. And that's what I keep hearing, anyways. Hmm. Whether it's true or not, we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> The uh, the other things are just there's mention of the Time Variance Authority, Eliath, the Ravana Renslayer, and all that stuff. We we literally see him using Eliath to like devour the TVA. I kind of wonder if that's what's going to happen at the end of Loki season two. I don't know if we'll get a season three, but I could totally see him maybe using it. But no, they destroyed Eliath. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring him back somehow. I don't know. <laughs> it's very interesting. I mean, it feels like we're just going to be on a time loop almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, eventually, we got to make our way back to He Who Remains again, do we not? I guess. Or it's going to be another version of Kang. Yeah. This is making my brain hurt now. <laughs> yeah. One last thing. Favorite moment. It's a visual thing, so I'm sorry for our listeners. But I love Kang's face in this one panel. It's freaking hilarious. I don't know if y'all can see that. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's grabbing that aura yeah yes uh, if our listeners if you get a chance read issue 9 and uh, eventually Kang grabs an orb and his face that he makes is freaking hilarious but anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah. it reminded me a lot of like some of the faces we would see in like the Sandman books that we were reading and stuff oh yeah that was like horrific whatever oh yeah <laughs> uh, on to issue 10 my two comments are weird bondage cover. <laughs> yeah, right. Because, <laughs> like, Songbird is just front and center, just strung up. And then, like, if you look in the background, you can see all the other heroes are strung up as well. But it's, like, Songbird right there in the very front. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's, that's okay. Well, Captain Marvel's, <laughs> like, on a, like, a, he's, like, a different crucifixion. Not, not like the cross cross, but he's being like crucified. Yeah, it's very, yeah. I didn't even think of it that way, but yeah. <laughs> very, very red roomy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we get to the end of the book and I, I put, oh no, Rick Jones again. 
(laughs) (laughs) I'll just skip to it, but one of my notes, I think it's the last issue with Captain Marvel talking about like, you know, (laughs) oh, I'm, I'm stuck with you now or something like that. That's not a great deal. I'm like, even the people in the book don't like Rick Jones. That was my note. It's just the characters in the show or in the story don't even like Rick Jones. So, so because we're on that, so my note for issue 12 says, Rick Jones asking if he's that annoying. I'm sitting there answering, yes, you're fucking that annoying. <laughs> yeah, I had the same exact note. It's, oh, it's, it's like in, uh, I think it was this issue where they were ask, asking him to stay. And uh, all I could hear is, Coral, stay in the house, Coral. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that was the, our first issue of this second half. Yeah, it was Genesis Vell. I kept calling him Genesis Vell last episode, but Genesis Vell says, like, stay in the Sphinx. And it was so annoying. It was so frustrating. Yeah. It was just like, yes, he'll stay in the fucking Sphinx. <laughs> of course, he didn't, but. <laughs> right. But yeah, that was my only notes for 10. I mean, it was, they go and they finally see the timekeepers and find out that they're pretty much all doomed unless they do something. And Yellow Jacket. Went from being a traitor to, oh, gee golly willikers, I guess I better join you guys. So I don't yeah. fuck everything up. <laughs> <laughs> My note, whatever issue it was where he's like gonna, he's plotting to betray them. I was like, oh, of course he's, yeah. of course Yellow Jacket's going to betray them. Yeah. 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 They, I had a couple of notes. One, we see Arishim the judge. Yes. Yet another thing that we've seen in phase four. They, are the the plot there for that issue is that the timekeepers who aren't like robots like they are on the show they're actually like physical beings that are very powerful and they're they're born at the end of time and all that they are judging humanity due to basically what happens in the future where they use the destiny force to basically take over the galaxy and I like with Captain America during that whole trial he's like yeah, but how many multiverses, like what percentage of the multiverse does it happen? And they're like 42%, which I think is a reference to uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> but any life. <laughs> he's like, you're going to judge us on 42%. And then I love when he's, he's like giving them the riot act. He's like, you're just trying to preserve your own self, like, self-preservation you're not actually trying to help the universe and stuff like that it was it was a cool moment for me because cap has been a sad sack all this time and it was nice to see him kind of be captain america yeah i like what you pulled out earlier though and you're talking about the timekeepers because i didn't i forgot that we actually got like an origin kind of of like the timekeepers Mm -hmm. and like knowing that they were made from he who remains so like there's a title loki right there because it was he who reigns that was over the TVA yep. that had created all that jazz, who had created the timekeepers, mm-hmm. like all that. And like he who remains is not a cane variant in the comic. Yeah. So like they altered that, but still kept it that he who remains made the timekeepers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, th- I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. The other cool thing that I I just find cool is we see the Guardians of the Galaxy or a version of the Guardians of the Galaxy (laughs) with uh, Major Victory, Vance Astro, Yondu, Alita, Charlie 27, Nikki, and Starhawk, which 
some of those characters, if y'all would play the Guardians game, you would know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, issue 11, this starts off the big like finale because Rick comes busting in this cyber three-wheeler with Kang on the back with guns going like Arnold Schwarzenegger oh my gosh. and a big-ass fucking head Zord on in the back of that. So <laughs> My note, I, I took a screenshot of that and my note was just, this shit is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's a tricycle with Rick Jones on the front driving it. Kang sitting, I don't know, but he's in the middle. And then the Kree Supreme Intelligence in the back. And he's in, yeah, like he's Zordon. He's in like a glass tube. And you got <laughs> Kang with his big fucking Looney Tune guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous looking. Right. This is kind of where I got to my my you know, we've had so many other things that have tied in. Mm -hmm. Like, is this what we're going to get as far as Secret Wars goes? Because, you know, we've got the original Secret Wars, which is like Battle World, and it's good versus bad, and it's Beyonder, and all this other jazz. And then you've got Jonathan Hickman, Secret Wars. And that's like, you know, you got Earth-616, and then you've got uh, the Ultimate Universe, and there's an incursion, and like, those two fractions are fighting to try and save each other's world, or whatever the case is. But my, I wonder, like, are we going to get a good and a bad Avengers? Like, is that what we're going to get instead of like a good team and a, like a the good guys versus the bad guys? Like, are we going to get like a a good Avengers versus bad Avengers? Because I think that would be really cool for Secret Wars because that's something different. Yes, I absolutely think we're going to get an amalgamation now of what we saw in this book and what's in Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars. I couldn't think of the title for a second there. <laughs> We may see this as Kang Dynasty. Okay. Because I think those two movies are leading into one another, like how Infinity War and Endgame led into one another. So, but yes, my note when they summon the like multiverse Avengers from all throughout the multiverse was just, we will 100% see this in the movies in some form or fashion. And my other reason for thinking and saying that is, is like, there's another series of Avengers Forever that just came out here recently. This is where you're going to find like your Captain Carter and stuff like that, like that characters in that series. So like, why would they be bringing that storyline, that title back now? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like pretty much a multiversal Avengers doing something. So I'm like, you know, like this is, there's a lot of things going on here that may make this relevant to the movies, especially since it looks like they're pulling so much from stuff like you had said, or we've already seen. And like, it looks like we are going to see. Yeah. So <laughs> there's so much goofy shit <laughs> in this issue. Uh, one, we eventually learned that the reason whole, the whole reason Captain Marvel like knows all this shit about Rick Jones and stuff like that. And while he's been like, stay in the Sphinx, don't do this, don't do that is because he's connected to Captain Mar... Like, Rick Jones in the past was ca connected to Captain Mar-Vell. This is now he's connected to Janice Vell. But I just love when he summons future Rick Jones. This is a trope that they do in, in anime, in comics, in movies. When anyone's from a future, to demonstrate how fucked up the future is, that person always has an arm missing. <laughs> like, they either have a robotic arm or they're missing an arm. And, of course, when Rick Jones shows up from the future, he's bearded and missing an arm. 
That's also true if you're an archer. You're always going to lose one of those arms if you're an <laughs> yeah. archer. Like, yes. The other thing that this is cool. I I don't. I always like spotting these. Sometimes artists will throw in like at DC. They'll throw in Spider Man in the background or something like that. There's a page in this issue when Kang is shooting everybody, and you see the onomatopoeias like crack and choom choom. Batman and Superman are laying on the ground. Oh, really? cool. Yeah. I didn't notice that. Yeah. You'll see Batman and Superman. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, I like stuff like that. The other thing that is just cheesy, Hawkeye says to Kang the line, whatever you say, King Tang, walla walla, bing bang. And I let out a verbal sigh. Hey, I'm telling you, writing was just fucking fantastic. Because Tom King wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Kurt Busick is a well-renowned comic book writer, but this shit was just so hokey. Yeah. Right. That was kind of be like one of my things that I said later on is that like it's really not that bad of a story. It could it could definitely be chopped up and shortened big time. There's a lot of shit that you didn't need to read, you didn't need to know, didn't it just doesn't fucking make a difference in the end. Like the whole them going back in time, them going in the future, all that bullshit, you didn't need that mm-hmm. at all. Like it doesn't fucking help you at all. But like the writing in this just doesn't stand the test of time. Yeah. It's so for that time period that it just, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> On to issue 12. This is the last issue. My, my, I have my notes and these are probably the most notes that I've wrote on any of them. I already said the Rick Jones thing, asking if he was that annoying and I'm like, fuck yes it is. Captain Marvel or Captain or Genisville saying we are in the end game like that is fucking like in a panel we're in the end game and like that said you know in uh in infinity war in the end game like we're in the end game oh and then i have on here you know tied he who remains to the timekeepers which i thought was very much close to like what they did in loki i thought that was really cool too yeah so but those are the things that i noticed the, the most as far as that last issue goes i like that like so they try to split Kang up at one point in time in the story. Then go ahead and make him like a mortis. And Kang's like, no, my dick is bigger than yours. I will never. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, then we get like a hatchling of a mortis anyway. Yeah. So yeah. like, I feel like this book actually does do a lot of the timeline kind of stuff. And like their version of time travel that like you can't just go back and kill this, this whatever off like it makes a branch. Like so they've they've had this whole time thing set up like from this book the entire time like where it it, it doesn't make a difference that, you know, like just because you kill off Kane doesn't mean you killed off a mortis. Like now yeah. we have an immortus, you know what I mean? So, yeah, my note for that was just that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> because Immortus is supposed to be just older Kang when he's lost right. the 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 will to conquer and he's just become old and kind of jaded. But now he's like, I don't know, 
born of Kang or something. I don't know. It was so fucking weird. I think it was a way for them to retcon so that Kang could, or or not retcon, but it's just a way to keep Immortus back in the stories for future things because yeah, the previous issue, I didn't mention it, but the timekeepers just straight up like turn him to fucking skeletons. <laughs> yeah, they dusted him. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. I kind of hope we see this in the movies where Immortus kind of sees the Avengers as like his children. Yeah. Because he's like all throughout time and his machinations kind of like sculpted them and made them into who they are. So I don't know. That was a cool kind of take on a villain. I, I would love yeah. to see that in the movies. Well, and he was even sitting there putting up like when he was talking to the timekeepers and the Avengers were on trial, essentially. He was like, no, like they, they've done these things. They're the ones that keep doing this. and They're the ones that keep doing that. They're the ones that keep holding the people back. Like if you get rid of them, like they, they, you don't need that. The Avengers can do it. The Avengers can handle. And Hawkeye even made the comment of like, I'm not going to be somebody's lap dog. Like, yeah. So yeah, he was even making an argument of keeping the Avengers so that like they could do the dirty work of keeping, you know, humans in line. Yes. Cause that was one of the things I thought was kind of cool with this. The way this ending was, is, is actually showing that Mortis was there to was defending them and trying to help them actually. Like in, in the beginning, you see him as, just a villain mm-hmm. like in there coming to just trying to wipe like wipe everybody off the timeline or something like that basically but here at the end of it you find out that he's actually you know protecting them or trying to take care of them as much as possible and actually like a little guardian almost or something yeah and the other thing i will say too that i like that i thought was kind of cool in this storyline was just that like captain america got his kind of shining moment too of where he really got to be captain america again as far as crushing the Forever Crystal and yeah. all that. I thought that was a, a really cool scene and that really just reemphasizing who Captain America is. Yeah. Also like that they, I don't know if it's this issue or the issue before, but they explain like, oh, these were the Avengers and why you needed them. Like, yes. That was cool because I needed that explanation yeah. of why the fuck did we get this weird <laughs> motley crew like last week? Like we got two Hank Pims because one is not enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking when I was reading that. I was like, oh, well, this this explains Richard's question there. Like, what, what's up with these random characters? Like, and just mm-hmm. why did you pick these? <laughs> right, because you could have picked anybody. Yeah, and you <laughs> you picked a giant man Hank Pym and a jaded Hank Pym. Like, the fuck are you doing? <laughs> There's so many other better people you could have picked. Agreed. Um, Libra made his way back. Not that anybody oh, gives fuck. a fuck, but <laughs> he was like, and I'm here too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he got his ass knocked out like in the, the end of issue eleven, and he's right back up in issue twelve. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Just stay down. <laughs> Although, like, yeah, whenever I was reading that and like you're talking about in last week's episode where you said like basically he has no no storyline pretty much beyond this and now like he pops back in I was like hey there's that guy <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't mention this earlier but when they got the space phantom they were like trying to figure out you know whether or not he was telling the truth and stuff like that and they're like oh but he you know there's no way of knowing if he actually told the truth like he's impervious to lie detectors and he's been fed all this stuff to believe it and then Janice Vale pops up. He's like, oh, my cosmic powers let me know. I'm like, oh what the fuck? Are, what, where have you been? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you? Janice Vale and his fucking cosmic, his spidey sense 
was so broken and just <laughs> dumb and needed it only for the plot to move on. Like, I hated that whole, oh, my cosmic awareness can tell if they're lying. Oh, it can, whatever. I don't know. It was just so fucking dumb. <laughs> like, that stuff got said. And then he was like, oh, my cosmic awareness knows. And I was like, did you not just hear that bitch? She said that no lie detector can detect what they're saying is a lie. Like, <laughs> it's dumb. Apparently, his cosmic awareness needed to warm up a little bit because he couldn't freaking sense the bugs coming at him to oh, knock them off into their other <laughs> timelines. That's another thing that's just dumb. Like, it's just crazy bullshit. Like, there's limbo bugs and they can alter the state of whatever reality and somehow because uh yellow jacket can control bugs he can control them like it was just bullshit it was just bullshit <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite moments from this issue though was when kang kills the timekeepers my note for that was just jesus christ kang <laughs> he, says, <laughs> he says consider that gentleman and give my regards to hell and he just like blows them away with his fucking Looney Tune guns. And then he's like, Kang conquers! <laughs> it's just like, fucking tone it down, dude. Jesus. <laughs> Back off the roids a little bit. Well, then he like dips out there at the end. Hawkeye thinks he's gonna, you know, man up and do something about it. And he's, Kang's like, nope, deuces, bro. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all got anything else? Just one thing, the the little like, uh-oh, the Supreme Intelligence has the forever crystal, you know, yeah. the end, question mark, you know, or what is it? It says the end for now. It picks up with maximum security. The Kree Supreme Intelligence uses it to advance the evolution of the Kree and creates a new race called the Rule. Through them, they, like, manipulate the Intergalactic Council, turning it against Earth and the Avengers basically have to stop them. They turn basically Earth into a giant prison, but it's a dumb story. Don't read it. <laughs> I'm doing this for our listeners. For, for whatever reason, you decide you want to read Avengers Forever. You liked it. The ending happens, and you're like, oh, I wonder why that happens. And then you you look online and see, oh, maximum security. I want to read that. Don't. Just don't. You're clear of it. <laughs> If you even make it that far, let's be yeah. honest. If you even make it to all 12 issues. Yes, that's very true. Because <laughs> honestly, if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably would have dropped this by issue uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad I at least made it issue nine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. With all that being said, what is your whelming factor of the total story? Uh, the total story, I'm just whelmed. <laughs> yeah. Again, like I enjoyed. Well, I say that. Like, I enjoy reading comics to, to, you know, learn more about them. But honestly, I was like, I don't want to read these next six. I don't want to. <laughs> this was a monkey's paw for you, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I am glad that I read the last six because they actually were pretty decent. But, yeah, overall, I'm just, I'm whelmed. Jeremy opens up the book. He goes, fuck these two bitches. <laughs> fuck these two bitches I hate them fucking hate them Richard what about you yeah I gotta echo Jeremy I was well I overall I'm whelmed this is not a I like I kind of said this at the our last episode I like this story this is a story I would recommend for someone to be like because I talk to tons of people about like 
you know, I'll recommend good stories, but then I'll like recommend a really stupid, bad story just to see how like, this is what comics can be. And <laughs> unfortunately, a lot are like this, where it's just stupid, it's nonsensical and whatever. So I don't like it for that, or, or I, I like it for that. But if I'm honestly, if I'm reading it for myself, no, I'm, I'm whelmed. I like issue nine and like maybe nine through 10 or nine through 12. But after that or before all that, it's just, it's just bad. It's just all bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to echo y'all too. I mean, I, I'm in the underly whelm to the whelm. Like I'm just right there teetering back and forth. Definitely like the back half of it way better than the first part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, Really, I I hope to never have to read this shit again. Like, I, <laughs> I don't want to ever read this again. Would y'all recommend, and I'm, I'm going to say it the, this way okay. for a reason, would y'all recommend this series or any particular book in this series to anybody? And for what reason? Well, I, I'll probably just kind of reiterate what we had said before as far as like, I would, I would recommend issue nine just to learn about Kang. I mean, I just, hearing that whole thing was, was pretty cool. And that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, not the series to anybody. Just, no, stay away from that. Just just grab issue nine. and No, not necessarily, because you don't need to read the rest of it to read issue nine, honestly. It's its own standalone thing, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of echoing, because, same, same. I, I said it at the very beginning of the episode, I would recommend issue nine for those who don't know about Kang. Avengers Forever, issue nine. Read it. That's all you need to know. Great synopsis on who Kang is. Don't read the rest. It's not great. Uh, maybe if you want to know about the Forever Crystal, but here, here's your synopsis for it so you, you don't have to do what we did. It lets Kang slash Immortus be able to alter time because it touches all of reality. Whereas going back in the past, you alter time, it just creates a new variant, a new branch, whatever you want to call it. And yeah, that's all you need to know about it. But yeah, issue nine, I'd recommend everything else can fuck right off. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I was gonna add to your forever crystal. It it allows them to alter time without causing another branch. Like that's the significance of it. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with I would I like I have no problem going out and about and saying how important issue nine of this series is. I have no like in fact, I'll probably be start using that issue on like top 10 alternatives and stuff like that, because I think that is a big book that people should be looking at and people should be grabbing when they see it and stuff like that. I think it's an overlooked book right now, honestly. But as far as the rest of it, no, fuck this book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Timekeeper stuff was cool. I like that. I like the, the history or whatever and their creation and their ties with He Remains. I could I could probably get behind that book a little bit. But outside of that, no, no, nothing. There's yeah. nothing here. The story is nothing. It's just... Yep. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Y'all have anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah. Cool. Jeremy, where can they find you at? Uh, they can find me on Twitch under the handle Night Fury GTO. It's Night with a K. And you can find me here. Cool. Richard, what about you? Play Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Do it. It's a good game. And I want to talk about it, especially before the movie comes out. Anyway, 
Uh, you can <laughs> contact me on Twitter. I have a Twitter handle. It is Night Curry, night like day and night, and Curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have a Gmail. Our Gmail is comicallycomicspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram, you can check us out under the name Comically Comics Podcast. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram and eBay at 22 underscore comics. You can also find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did making it. With all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. I hope your internet comes back. Bye. <laughs> Wait a tick. Basil, if I travel back to 1969 and I was frozen in 1967, presumably I could go visit my frozen self. But if I'm still frozen in 1967, how could I have been unthawed in the 90s and traveled back to, oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed? I suggest you don't worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy yourself. <laughs>